Good morning, everyone. Wow, what a bunch. What a bunch. Amen. Awesome worship. Uh, I enjoy worshiping God. Uh, I believe that the Bible says God is seeking such. Amen. He's seeking such. And so let me get right into it. Number one, who made the gift basket for my hotel room? You made stand up, woman of God. Did you make that gift basket? What's your first name? Kim? Hey, Kim. Good job. Man, there's a, there's a, a Dunkin' Donuts a gift card in there, right? There were two gift cards. Was the other one Starbucks? What was it? A Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a Chick-fil-A uh, um, gift card. I have a Dunkin' Donuts gift card, and they're pretty big ones. I mean, that was really great. And then there's a couple bottles of water, and there's some snacks. And then you put in there three of the largest cookies I have ever seen in my lap. They should be called massive cookies. And I think you put three of them in that gift box. Correct? Well, when I woke up this morning, there was only one left. It was like a reverse miracle of the fishes and loaves. And so I'm trying to lose weight, and I'm trying to keep it off. And so I was looking for, you know, celery sticks and carrot sticks. Instead, there were these massive cookies in that gift box, and I loved it. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, good to see you all. Uh, so glad to be back. 20-year history. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I always remember coming here because I always wanted to be in a church that used to be a bowling alley. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but I believe the church is doing well. It looks healthy. It looks alive. It looks vibrant. Amen. The worship was awesome. We need to worship God. Amen. Because He inhabits the praises of His people. And so there is a presence here. There is a power here. We are to be a people of His presence. We need to be presence-driven, not necessarily program-driven, but presence-driven and power-driven. And in the beginning, in the early church, the gospel was a message of great power. It transformed lives. Demons and devils came out. Dead people came back to life. The blind would see, the deaf would hear. That message, the gospel message, the good news, was a message of power. And Paul reinforced that and said, hey, I, I, I want to uh, be with you. But when I come to you, uh, you know, uh, I don't want you to look at me uh, in the flesh, because in the flesh I'm not particularly impressive. But I will come to you in the power and uh, the demonstration of the Spirit. And so we should be a people of His power and of the demonstration of His Spirit. And that's what your pastor said this morning. So we're going to have a power meeting, if that'd be all right. And the power of God is going to move among us, and uh, I am going to prophesy over a number of you. The word of knowledge will be in operation or in manifestation. The word of wisdom will be in manifestation. The gift of prophecy will be in manifestation. Uh, uh, healings, uh, miracles, 
uh, this is the arsenal of the prophet. And if someone wants to know how this all began, I have no idea. Everyone wants to know, how did you start doing it? So whenever I travel, we sit down and have a meal, and the number one question is, so, so Prophet Kramer, how did, how did this ministry start happening in your life? And my answer is, I don't know. I didn't ask for it. I didn't qualify for it. Amen. In the Old Testament, they just put it this way. And the word of the Lord was with, and then fill in the blank. That was the explanation. The Lord deposited His Word in certain people. Had nothing to do with their spirituality. Had nothing to do with their intellect. Had nothing to do with their level of education. Had nothing to do with their knowledge of the Scriptures. Had nothing to do with any of that. He just said, I'm going to give him the Word of the Lord and, and her the Word of the Lord and them the Word of the Lord. It was a decision by heaven. Followed by a deposit. And God did that for you. Amen. Amen. And so today we want to see these gifts demonstrated. We want to see the ministry, or some people use the word office of a prophet. And before I do that, let me just say a couple things about prophecy. This will be most helpful to those of you who are waiting for your prophecies to come to pass. Hey, I get it. I've got a bunch of prophecies that have come to pass, and I have a bunch that haven't. So I get it. We're kind of waiting. But I need to share this with you. The Scripture says, Until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. I'm going to say it again. Until the word of the Lord came to pass, and it did, and it will. But until the word of the Lord comes to pass, now get this, it will be the word of the Lord that tests you. In the case of Joseph, he was in the dungeons of Pharaoh for years, years. That's where the word tested him. He had two prophetic dreams. You're going to be the biggest star and the little stars will worship you. And you're going to be the biggest stalk of grain and the little stalks of grain will worship you. Yes! He spent years as a convicted felon for an alleged sex crime he did not commit immediately after he heard from God. That was the testing. He had to believe God every day in the dungeons of Pharaoh. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? Until the word of the Lord came to pass, and it did, and it will. So cheer up. Your prophecies are going to come to pass. But until they do, the word of the Lord will be the vehicle of testing in your life. Not punishment. Joseph was not being punished. He was being tested. And then one day the baker said, hey, we've been good friends down here, you know, serving time together. I'm getting out today and I'm bringing your name up as soon as I meet Pharaoh. He forgot for two more years. Read it. But then in a day, in a day, Joseph went from being a prisoner 
in the dungeons of Pharaoh to being the second in command over all of Egypt behind Pharaoh until the word of the Lord comes to pass. And listen to me, it will. Prophecy is real. Amen. It's reliable. Yeah. It's dependable. Yeah. The supernatural is reliable and dependable but until the word of the lord comes to pass there will be testing i heard for years prophet to the nations prophet of god prophet to the nations prophet of god and there i was in a small rural isolated town in central pennsylvania selling used cars for a living to pay my bills until the word of the lord came to pass I had to get up every morning and do all I could to sell as many cars as I could to pay my bills because it wasn't time yet. I said, it wasn't time yet. So until the word of the Lord came to pass, it tested me. This is not what you've said. This is not at all what you've said. And you've got me selling used cars. And the things that I learned in the car business trained me for my ministry today. Taught me how to live with rejection. I'm not, I'm not making it up. It taught me how to live with rejection. It taught me how to treat people right. It gave me people skills. If they don't like you, they weren't going to buy a car from you. So I was being tested, but I was being taught, and I was being trained. But until the word of the Lord came to pass, and it did, I was being tested. And then one day, I was approached by other Christians in the area who knew me, and they said, hey, this is crazy, but we think we're supposed to start a church, and we think you're supposed to do it with us. I had absolutely no desire to do that. Until I made the mistake of asking my wife and other people that hear from God. And they said, well, I think we're supposed to do it. So I did it. And that led to one thing and then another and then another and then another. And guess what I became? A prophet to the nations. Amen. So my advice to all of you regarding prophecy is cheer up. It's real. It's accurate. It will come to pass. There's just going to be some testing. Amen. So now I want to segue from that to what I want to share this morning. I want to talk to you about another type of prophecy that many of you have in your lives. And I call them money prophecies. This is the result of a number of people contacting me over the years. And here's what they would say. Hey, I've had a bunch of prophecies, some from you. Prophet Kramer, and they've come to pass. And then the demeanor would change, and they'd get that, <laughs> you know, look on their face, and they'd say, but uh, the ones about, you know, about, you know, money, <laughs> well, they, uh, you know, they, you know, <laughs> they, they haven't come to pass. And the implication was, I missed it. I'm going to say something. This is not arrogance. This is confidence. I wasn't wrong. See, the issue with money prophecies is there's two things you've got to do for them to come to pass. 
The other day I had a lady call me on the phone and she said that. I've had lots of prophecies. They've come to pass, but the money prophecies haven't. So what I want to share with all of you this morning is if you have a money prophecy or more in your life that hasn't come to pass, I'm going to tell you why. Or if you're just here this morning, a Bible-believing uh, person, and you don't have a money prophecy, what I'm going to talk to you about, which is money and honor, is going to help you. It's going to maximize the blessing of God in your life. Because your generosity determines your prosperity. What are you talking about? Your generosity determines your prosperity. Now, I'm going to get to prophesy. I can hear it all right now. Ten people just said, well, 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 well. I need my prophecy. I need to go home and watch the game. Well, we're going to obey God. You told me to do what I want to do. So I'm going to minister on your money prophecies. Even if you have a money prophecy, I want to minister to you about honor. Because in the scriptures, money is the same as honor. Honor is the same as money. Oftentimes, honor was used in understanding the use of money. We honor, we honor God. When Tom took the offering and received it, uh, I thought it was so good. He said, look, God's not trying to twist your arm. Right? He wants you to give it willingly and, and honor. So we're going to understand today that giving is honor. Yeah. That honor often takes the form of money. We honor the Lord with the first fruits of what? All of our increase. Yeah. Then our barns will be full. Then our vats will overflow. Yeah. It says later in the book of Proverbs, listen to this. It is possible for someone to hold on too tightly to something they have been given and lose it all. It is also possible to give it all away freely and get more. I'm going to repeat that. Proverbs, it is possible to hold on too tightly and lose what you have. It is also possible to give it away freely, huh, and to get more. And then it says, it's the generous soul that prospers. The generous. Christians should be generous. I go to some churches where I can tell you that they're not generous. You're not one of them. You're a generous church, a generous people, a hospitable church. But I've been to some churches, they don't get it. And they wonder why they have money problems. It's because the leadership hasn't gotten this revelation yet. That generosity produces prosperity. Now before we go any further, we're not taking a special Denny Kramer offering, you know, where you're going to sow a $1,000 seed and put it in my pocket so I can buy a personal jet. That would be wonderful, but it's probably not going to happen. So nothing that I'm saying this morning benefits me. I'm letting you know this is not going to benefit me. I'm doing it for your sake. And so I want to talk about why your money prophecies have not come to pass. I'll be wrong. When I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. But apparently you have misunderstood the two areas that have to be addressed for your money prophecies to come to pass. And I'm doing this for your sake. I want you to prosper. I want you to have more than enough. I want your barns to be filled, your vats to overflow. And if you want to get into the New Testament, I'll put it this way. I want you to have all that you 
need for your own needs and more besides to give to others. That's what the New Testament promises. So in that sense, prosperity is a personal thing. It's relative to the person. You get what I'm saying? Their prosperity might be different than theirs. Their prosperity might be different than theirs. So it's relative to the person. That's why I take exception to some of our prosperity teachings that leaves the impression that God wants us all to be billionaires. Just isn't true. The rural Indian pastor who was just given a brand new bicycle to ride his 100-mile charge in rural India to minister to his churches, in his mind, he just prospered. Because in his circumstances, since prosperity is relative, he was prospering. Amen. And so I want to share with you the two secrets, and this will really help you. If you received a money prophecy, if you're saying, man, Denny, this is good. Yeah, I've had all these other prophecies come to pass, but the money ones haven't. Here's why. Number one, you've got to address your past. You've got to address your financial past. You've got to address your financial past. Young woman of God, would you please stand up right where you are, right here? Would you please stand up? What is your first name? Kayla. Hey, Kayla. Christians often use words, Kayla. And uh, I just want to use a word that you've often heard used. It's called breakthrough. That's the word. And you've been looking for God to give you breakthrough. And the Lord told me to tell you that for the rest of the year, you're going to have several breakthroughs to move you ahead in the will of God. You also have a heart for ministry. And you've wondered whether God has forgotten your heart and your plans. And the Lord told me to tell you, right on track, right on course, keep doing what you're doing. But you're going to have a number of breakthroughs, which is just what it says. You're going to break through. And you're going to discover the will of God, and you're going to do it. You're a workaholic. You love to get involved in tasks. You have your hands in 20 or 30 projects at a time. You get up in the morning, and you have a little bit of, age, uh, a little bit of attention uh, deficit disorder. There, God broke it off of you. You're going to be able to focus now on what God's called you to do. But you're going to be highly productive, highly fruitful. You're on the right track. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. So for the rest of this year, you're going to have a series of breakthroughs that's going to realign you to the will of God. And I'm also supposed to tell you what the psalmist said. He said, anoint me with fresh oil. And so I see on you fresh, not old, not stale, not someone else's oil, but I see fresh oil on you. And I'm also supposed to tell you that the days of your mourning are behind you. You've been mourning some loss. You've been mourning some personal things that we can't talk about in public. Yeah, but... You're supposed to put that behind you, wave goodbye, uh, cut it off. There's a little bit of an umbilical cord between you and that, and it's kind of sucking the life out of you. And snip that umbilical cord. Let the past be the past. Get up and run the race that I have put before you, says the Lord. Amen. Good, 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 good. Now, before I was so rudely interrupted by the Holy Spirit of God, so if you want your money prophecies to come to pass, or if you just want to prosper, who wouldn't? You know, there are two kinds of Christians. There are those who think money is important and those who think money is not important. Here's what I've observed. The Christians who think money is not important don't have any. 
He said, I could say anything I want. And the people, the Christians, who think money is important, guess what? They have money. So obviously, money is important. The Bible says money is important. But sometimes we fail to see God's blessing on our lives because we're not generous and because we haven't met requirements that God may have put on our lives to prosper. So the first thing you need to do if you want to prosper and if you want your money prophecies, remember this lady called me up and said, yeah, and she implied I missed it. I said, well, I didn't miss it, and I'll tell you why you're not prospering. You haven't dealt with your financial past. There's something wrong. There's something missing. Something needs to be fixed. You need to address something in your financial past and make it right. That's the first thing. If there's nothing to make right, and I'm saying this to you, if there's nothing in your financial past to make right, to fix, okay. There was in my life. There have been issues in other people's lives. So I said to this lady, and I called several other pastoral couples after this because I had the word of the Lord for them and told them what I'm telling you. I said to this woman, look to your financial past. And I'm saying that to you. Ask God if my prophecies, the money ones, are not coming to pass. Maybe Denny is right. Maybe there's something in our financial past that needs to be addressed. And then I gave her this example. Many, many years ago, by now it's probably 10 years ago, maybe more, I was talking to the Lord one day and I was complaining to Him. Now don't get all religious on me that you don't do it because you do, and I do it a lot. Read the book of Psalms. <laughs> Whole bunch of complaining in there. Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul there is no help. Yeah. He complained. So I'm complaining to God about finances, and I'm complaining to Him about honor. Remember, money means honor. Honor often means money. And so I said to the Lord, here's the last year on the road. Never saw my wife, never saw my kids. Lived in airports, hotels, and restaurants. And every church I went to treated me like an old mule. They worked me hard and put me away wet. Yeah. That was a joke. They worked me hard and put me away wet. So I said, here's the number of days I was on the road. I was never home. And when I was home, I was recovered. I was exhausted. And here's the number of meetings I had. I'm complaining. I ministered to thousands of people. I personally laid hands on hundreds and hundreds of your people this year alone. And here's my gross salary. I'm just telling you, I complained, and I said, something wrong. I said, I feel dishonored. Come on, let me just throw this in to make Eric and Karen feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> Do yourselves a favor, people of God, and honor them. Yes. Honor them. Honor the leadership, honor the staff, honor the church. Do things that demonstrate the principle of honor. Don't do it to get something from them. That's called paying them. Boy, this is good preaching. 
Do something because of who they are and the position they hold. Honor them. I was honored. I mean, it was so cool. I got that fruit you know, basket, that snack basket, sorry. The snack basket, that's a sign of honor. Do you know how many churches don't do that? Eight out of ten. You know how many do do it? Two out of ten. I'm just telling you, it was an indication of you get it. You get it. You understand honor. That was a sign, a representation of honor. So I'm complaining to the Lord, just being honest. And I said, I don't feel like I was honored. And the Lord speaks to me and says, oh, so you want to be honored? Uh-oh. It was an uh-oh. Listen, when the Lord starts asking you questions, He is not asking you questions for His information. Do you understand that? It was an uh-oh moment. And I was very concerned. And I paused and I thought this through. I said, thinking it is one thing, saying it is another. Don't open your mouth until you know you want to say this. So I thought it through. I feel disrespected. I feel dishonored. I've labored to the point of exhaustion. I've done everything I know to do. Uh, this is what I made. There's some, there is no honor. There is no honor in this. I have been the victim of a get the most for the least attitude. Don't do that to your leaders. Don't do that to the worship team that did such a great job. Don't do that. Don't have that get the most for the least. Get the most for the least. Don't do that. This is not a Walmart. This is good preaching, isn't it? I'm impressing myself this morning. Not really. And so, that's what I said to the Lord. Thought it through and then I said, Yes, I want to be honored. Immediately, the Holy Spirit said, Remember prophet so-and-so that came to town 30 years ago? Absolutely. You never honored him. Lord, you seem to have gotten off track a little bit. <laughs> Come on. Yep. I, I was speaking to you about the lack of honor that I've been shown. And you want me to go back 30 years to an incident, a, a meeting. I remember it very well. Of course you know I remember it. Absolutely. He blessed me. He gave me a powerful prophecy. And the Lord said, you never honored him. Oh, listen, Romans talks about a debt of honor. You all want to be honored, and yet you haven't paid your debt of honor. I wanted to be honored. I wanted an increase. I wanted to be taken care of financially. I was tired of being abused. It was abuse. And I thought the Lord would come to my aid and my rescue. Oh, poor Denny. Instead, he said, oh, you want to be honored? Good. Then pay your debt of honor. My debt? Yeah, read the book. You have a debt of honor. You owe that man honor. You want honor, and you never honored him. 
honor him now. It was 30 years ago. I said, you know what I said? Best thing I ever said. Okay. <laughs> and then the Lord said, here is the amount of the check you're going to write and give to him. You're not going to ask him for anything. You're not going to ask him to do, to pray, to prophesy. That would be paying him. You're not going to do that. You're going to give him a gift. You're going to honor him for what he did in your life. And here is the amount that you're going to, where Tom said, where's Tom? Uh, you're going to give the amount freely. I like what Tom said this morning. Yeah, you're going to, you got that tail going on, Tom. I got to tell you, got that tail going on. Hey, I used to have one like that. Man, yeah, I don't know where it went. And so God gave me the amount. Listen to me. It was thousands of dollars. It wasn't a little hundred dollar, you know, it was thousands of dollars. And I don't know about you, but when the Holy Spirit corrects me, it's so incredibly clear. It's crystal clear. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to pray. I don't have to fast. I don't need a confirmation. I know. 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 I knew. I knew. I knew. And so I went to my wife and I told her the story I'm telling you. And I said, and I have the answer here. This is what God said we're to do. And she looked at the amount, and within two seconds, she said, send it. Now, that's a woman of God. Amen. So we sent the check to the prophet who ministered 30 years earlier to my wife and I and just said, we love you, we appreciate you, we value you, we honor you. This is just a token of our appreciation for your ministry. And we didn't ask him for books or tapes. We didn't ask him to get on the phone and prophesy. We honored him because I had a debt of honor that I owed. And listen, some of you might have. Some of you might be free and clear. You're just sitting there waiting for me to prophesy. I get it. But there's someone here today that's going to be helped by that. You've got to look to your financial past. And since that episode, I've asked the Lord a number of times, is there anything else that Diane and Denny Kramer need to look at financially? Is there anything in the past that we need to correct or fix? And I've thought of a couple other things, and the Holy Spirit said, no, no, I, you, know, you don't need to do that. I said, I, I want to make sure, I want to make sure. But we had to deal with the debt of honor. Some of you may have to as well. Then I said to this lady on the phone and to several other pastoral couples whose money prophecies had not come to pass, I said, the second thing you have to do is to look at your current financial situation. Past and current. Then... I said the most important part of my entire uh, uh, exhortation or this morning my teaching. If you don't do something different than you're doing now with your finances, your money prophecies will not come to pass. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It means you're not doing enough right. If you want your money, if you're saying, well, Prophet Kramer, we tithe 
and we give offerings and we, we do this and we do everything we know to do. We're doing everything we know to do. Okay, okay. But if you have money prophecies that are still not coming to pass, then obviously you're not doing enough. So this is the big key. Yes, Prophet Crane, we've been told prophetically that some serious financial blessings are going to come our way. And we appreciate what you just said about the past. And we're going to pray. And that's what you do. Holy Spirit, show us. But regarding our current, our present situation, we're doing really everything we know to do. But that's what I want to address. You're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to do something more. Here's an example from our lives. Before I was married, I was a tither. I have given tithes and offerings before I was married, and for the entire time we've been married, which will be, which will be 45 years next month. Amen. So, I've always been a tither. Not going to talk about that, but that's just what we've done and how we've seen giving. So, that's our system. It's a system that works takes the guesswork out of it. We've always included an offering, so we've always given 10% of everything that we make, my wife's income when she was teaching, my income when I travel, 10% off the top. We've always added a healthy offering, and we've always uh, given freely. Amen. Freely. Cheerfully. Enthusiastically. If I'm honest with you, I can't wait to put the checks in the mail when God tells us to give and how to give it and who to give it to. We just, we're cheerful givers, Tom. We're cheerful givers. And so uh, I had to look at our current situation a few years ago. We were doing everything that we knew to do. But we had some changes in our lives. My wife retired. She no longer is an active teacher. She began to get a pension. Then she went on Social Security uh, uh, a little bit later. Uh, and then I went on Social Security May of uh, this year. I held, I held off. I chose not to take my uh, Social Security because I wanted to continue uh, uh, to minister. And so I held off. But uh, recently, in this last year, I sat down and I had to look at our financial lives because my wife now had a pension, small, but a pension, and she had Social Security, and I had Social Security. So I went on the Internet. What does a Christian do when their financial situation changes? Well, I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to owe God. I didn't want to owe God. I didn't want a debt to owe God. So I went on the Internet, and I found a bunch of Christian sites and a bunch of money management sites, and they addressed this. Well, what does a Christian do, you know, when you retire and you have a pension? And, and uh, you know, what does a Christian do when you go on Social Security or other, some other kind of, you know, governmental, you know? And so a bunch of sites said, oh, you don't have to do anything. You know, you can just, you know, do whatever you want to do, but you're not obligated. And, and I read a bunch of those sites. And then a, a bunch of other sites said, well, <clears throat> if we're honest, uh, part of that pension your wife uh, contributed to, you've paid a tithe on that, but the other part of the pension was contributed by her employer, the school district. You haven't paid a tithe on that. That made sense to me. And then the same with Social Security. Part of that she paid a tithe on. Part of that was contributed to by the federal government, you know. And then when I 
began to take my uh, uh, Social Security, which was small because I've been exempt since 79, but it was still some income, I had to make a decision. Part of that was money that I had contributed, but part of it was money that the government contributes for us under Social Security benefits. So I had to look at our current financial situation and say, do we need to make some adjustments? Do we need to make sure that we're not robbing God or that we don't owe God a debt of honor financially? So we decided to make some changes. We decided that we were going to tithe and offer off of her pension. We were going to tithe and offer off of her Social Security. And we were going to tithe and offer off of my Social Security. So that equated to hundreds of dollars that we needed to add to our current financial situation. And so we, now this is us, you can do what you want to do, but we opted to sow bountifully. We chose not to sow sparingly. We chose to sow bountifully. And we chose to honor God with the first fruits of all of our increase. This represented increase. So we made that decision to address the past, to pay that debt of honor, and we decided to address our financial current situation and just make sure that we were doing everything that God expected us to do. So we are now confident that when it's time, money prophecies that we're waiting on as well will be able to come to pass. I'm going to tell you a couple stories. When you are right with God financially, the Bible talks about a window of heaven that you get positioned under. Please don't dismiss it because it's in the Old Testament. You know, Malachi, you know, that's in the Old Testament. I don't understand that. If you want to just go by the New Testament, no more instruments. Excuse me? If we're going to rule out the Old Testament, don't you have any instruments in church? There's no New Testament reference to instruments at all. There's no New Testament reference to instruments. Well, wait a minute. They're in the Old Testament. That's right. That's why we use them. But there's no New Testament reference to using instruments. Come on. And so we can't dismiss the Old Testament because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And when that was written, it meant the Old Testament. Boy, this is good preaching. I am really, a, I'm deep. I know what you're all waiting for, but he told me to obey God, so this is on me. So I'm just doing this for your sake. I know you want prophecy, dream, you want the fireworks, but you can't, you know, you don't get 4th of July every day of the year. It only comes one day a year, all right? The rest of the day, you've got to learn how to live. So this is what I'm sharing with you. This is what you need to do. You need to address currently anything that needs to change and just change it and just do it. You'll be glad you did. It will position you under that window that Malachi talked about. Listen to this. I just came from a church, we don't know why, but I was severely underpaid. Thousands of dollars. Been going there 20-some years. I don't know what happened. It was very hurtful. I said, I'm not going to say a word. I don't want to lose a friend. Don't want to lose the church. I don't know what happened. It was like really bad. 
and he's never done that. I don't know. <laughs> so I decide to keep my mouth shut rather than lose a friend over money. Can I get an amen? amen. My expression is God keeps the books. I said, God keeps the books. So three weeks after that, I was in another church. The pastor texted me and said, I can't pick you up. I'm sending Robert to pick you up. Okay. Robert picks me up. I sit in the car. As soon as I sit down, he goes, here, my wife and I, told, my wife and I want to give you this. He gave me an envelope of cash that was the exact dollar amount that I had been shorted three weeks earlier in another church. And when I, it was a lot, I went, he goes, oh yeah, I wasn't even going to do that, but the Lord told me to round it up. <laughs> in other words, even the lower amount would have been, wow, but it was the, I mean, to the dollar. It was the exact amount that I had gone to God about and said, I was just shorted blank number of dollars a specific amount three weeks later in another state in another city without them knowing what i just told you the driver the driver that's the kind of driver you want to pick you up the driver picked me up and put i'm being honest thousands of dollars in our hand the exact amount i had been shorted now i'm also currently asking the lord to address some other financial issues were not right with me but that's my problem not yours i just want you to prosper i want you and remember your generosity determines your prosperity so i'm done deal with your past and deal with your future that's why that money was given to me i'm under that window i don't want to be off to the side and just miss it i want to be right under centered under the window of heaven so that I won't be able to receive all that God has for me. Amen? Amen? I'll be able to give. I'll be able to share. I'll be able to bless. You know what I'm saying? That's what God wants for you. So, from now on, don't blame me when your money prophecies don't come to pass. <laughs> deal with your past and deal with your current financial situation. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Good, good, good. Okay, tell me again what time you want me to go till it's about 12 of 12 what time 12 30 okay i want to make sure i don't go too long because all the women that have you know meat in the oven you know cooking will be mad at me if it's dry and they'll say well prophet kramer kept us too long that's why it's dry that's why it's dry. it won't happen <laughs> okay here we go sweetheart would you please stand up what's your first name McKaylee? McKinley. McKinley. Hey, McKinley. Uh, over the last year, you've made strides to get your relationship right with God. You said bye to some old friends that were no good for you and some of the habits that they were in. Uh, how am I doing, Dad? Pretty good? <laughs> and the uh, Lord told me to tell you that he's knocking on the door of your heart waiting for you to put your hands up in surrender and say, I'm ready. You've been holding back. You've been a little resistant uh, to God stepping you into his plan and purpose for your life. Dad and mom are way smarter than you think. Uh, they saw things coming before you did, and I see them putting up some flags and trying to warn you <laughs> about a year ago. But uh, it's the grace of God that you didn't get in trouble. It's the grace of God that you didn't go down with those that went down for their behaviors and their activities. But your mom and dad have been like a shield around you. They've been protecting you, praying, and they're 
interceding. But the Lord would say, well done. About a year ago, you got smart. And you began to say, I need to make some priority changes in my life. And so you did. And so the Lord told me to tell you that you're a grown woman. You're ready to stand on your own two feet spiritually. But you need to know that the Lord is knocking uh, on your heart. And only you can open that door and let him in. So unreservedly, without hesitation, without fear, the Lord is asking you to come to him and to say yes. When I say surrender, it's not like you're surrendering and he's going to beat you up. You're surrendering to his will, his purpose for your life, and it will be the joy of your life to do so. So you don't have to be afraid to surrender. So that's the kind of surrender that I believe God is requiring of you. So I've come all this way, eight hours in a car, just to tell this cute little girl uh, that this is what God is doing. Take this very seriously, because if it hadn't been for the mercies of God, you would have paid a terrible price for some of your earlier behaviors. But because of the mercies of God, you are here today, the first one that I prophesied over, second one that I prophesied over, and the Lord is saying, just lift your hands, surrender, say yes to the Lord, welcome Him, receive Him into your life, and you're going to be transformed spiritually, completely transformed from the inside out. I'm also supposed to tell you uh, that there's some guilt uh, that's on you when I'm standing near you. There's some guilt that you're dealing with that's just kind of messing up the flow of God's presence in your life. But I'm supposed to tell you, go to Him hum humbly and just ask Him to wash you and to cleanse you uh, in His blood and all that guilt and all that shame is going to come off of you and you're going to feel it. You're going to feel like oh, a million pounds of stuff have come off of you because a million pounds of stuff is going to come off of you. Isn't that awesome? And how old are you? Um, I'm 14. 14. Stay away from boys. Slap me five. Good. Isn't that good? Stay away from boys. Okay. Okay, okay. Good, good, good. Can I pray for you this morning, sweetheart? Would that be okay? Step out your head if you don't mind. Got that hair thing going on. Hey, looks good. Looks good. What's your first name? Lydia. Ever been in a meeting like this before? Yes. Okay, so you're okay with it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, first thing that's going to happen is the power level in your life is going to rise dramatically. You're operating on a very low percentage of the power of the Holy Spirit that God has for you. Are you getting this? Okay. So I want you to get alone with God. I want you to open your mind and heart and receive the Holy Spirit. It's like breathing Him in. It's like drinking Him in. And you're going to be filled like never before. Isn't that awesome? In fact, we're going to do that right now. Are you ready? Okay, as soon as I tell you to receive the Holy Spirit, all that means is you welcome Him in. That's what I want you to do. Get ready now. I'm going to ask you to receive the Holy Spirit. He will change you forever. On the count of three, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to receive Him. You're going to drink Him in, breathe Him in, and you'll never be the same. So here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Receive the Holy Spirit. Welcome Him on the inside. That's where He goes, on the inside. Breathe Him in, drink Him in, receive Him. Don't question, don't doubt, don't fear. This is not a guessing game. You don't hope you receive right there it is there now you're being filled there it is now you're being filled with the holy spirit 
on the inside of you and you will never be uh, the same. Now listen to this. Remember that prophecy that I gave to the 14-year-old girl who's going to stay away from boys? Remember that? Uh, Pretty much what I said to her applies to you. You've made great progress in the last year. You've turned your life around, gotten off one path, gotten on to another. Uh, I see you reprioritizing your life, uh, surrendering, saying that yes to the Lord and saying, I'm not going to run my life anymore because I made a mess of it. I see you welcoming him, calling upon him. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I see a new level of salvation coming into your life. Isn't it awesome? There's all kinds of guilt and shame on of you. I break the guilt and the shame off of you. You're going to feel that heaviness come off of your spirit. You've been wrestling with a depression since you were about 11 or 12 years of age. I break there the spirit of depression off of you and whom the sun sets free is free indeed now what you've lacked is joy you have uh, wrestled with depression and attempts to address it and treat it but what you need is joy so in the place of that heaviness of your spirit the joy of the lord there is now going to come upon you you're going to be filled with joy unspeakable Joy unspeakable means joy that you won't even be able to express in articulate terms. But there, the joy of the Lord, sweetheart, is now your strength. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. God's got big plans for you, young lady. Amen. You may be seated, you may be seated. And who is this young lady next to you? And who, how are you, friends, related? Sisters? Your sisters? Are you the younger sister? You're the older sister? Would you step up here, older sister? That was pretty good, wasn't it, huh? Yeah. Huh? Pretty accurate, huh? What a sweetie pie. How old are you? 17. <laughs> well, it was a difficult question, I understand. <laughs> so you're 17? Okay, so like I told her, stay away from boys. Um, the word of the Lord over you, sweetheart, is ministry, 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 ministry. God is going to begin to connect you to the original call of God that was upon your life. Over the last two, two and a half years, there's been a severing between you and what you thought God wanted you to do. You didn't do anything wrong, but just your circumstances went wild. Um, you just went through trials and tribulations and demonic attack, and you had to regroup and discover that you don't have to take this from the devil, and you've grown in your spiritual authority, and you know how to use the name of Jesus, and you've become a woman of God. But for the last two and a half years, all kinds of turmoil and chaos and upheaval and just a mess. But I'm supposed to tell you that when Jesus spoke to the storm, the tempest on the water, the disciples were amazed. They said, man, even the weather, you know, even the elements submit to him. So God, Jesus breathed on that physical storm. But in the name of Jesus, I see him speaking there to the storm that is your life. And I hear the Lord saying, peace be still to you. Peace be still to your life. And you need to cut the umbilical cord as well between you and the past Uh, the relationships and all the baggage that came with it. Lord says to you, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start. There's a ministry call upon your life. You're going to be far more effective in, in ministry than you ever thought possible. And I see all these young women coming to you with all these things they've been through, and they're just opening their hearts to you, and they're just pouring out their hearts to you. And I see the Spirit of God coming on you, the Spirit of wisdom coming on you. And I see you just ministering to all these hurting, wounded, bleeding, 
millennial type young women uh, that are going to come to you. So get ready for ministry, 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 uh, says the Lord. There are people who have said things to you that did not follow through. They made promises that they did not keep. And so you've been in a place of great disappointment and disillusionment. But the Lord told me to tell you, He has a plan for you. He'll never lie to you. He'll never say one thing and do another. So get ready to benefit from the faithfulness of God. What God said to you in secret, He's going to begin to bring to pass in public, says the Lord. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. Are you guys husband and wife? You guys husband and wife? Are you just sitting together? Daughter, husband, what are you? It's your daughter. Stand up, man of God. I don't know who's who, so that's why I ask. That's your daughter and that's your son, right? Correct. Good. What's your first name? Jake. Hey, Jake. Uh, Jake, would it be okay if God gave you an increase in your yearly income? That'd be great. Okay, good. There, that's done. <laughs> but the instructions that I gave about finances applies to you, so, uh, among others. So get a copy of what I said and just listen to it again and see if God speaks to you about your personal finances because as you make some adjustments to your personal finances and align yourself with God's word in that area, increase will come. Isn't that awesome? Now also, way, way back in your childhood, there was a situation that you went through. Um, Are your parents here this morning? Okay, are they both still alive? Okay. Uh, There was a circumstance, a situation, um, maybe even a, a period of time Uh, where you went through some real trauma, uh, some real loss uh, as a little boy, and it left a wound on the inside of you. You're a man's man. I mean, you know, I get it, standing next to you. I know what you are. But we can still be wounded when we're little, and we didn't have the emotional uh, strength to deal with it. So there's an emotional wound left over from many, many years ago when you were a little fella, and God is going to go back to that incident. He's going to make it clear what I'm talking about, and he's going to begin to heal you of that situation, that trauma that your family went through that wounded you emotionally. Isn't that awesome? And you're going to be a whole new creature. And then the next thing God's going to talk to you about is the ministry that God has for you in your life but he'll talk to you about that later once he gets that healing done in your spirit isn't that awesome you may be seated i like you sweetheart real real quick um what's your first name hey emily how old are you um 15 15 stay away from boys man that's the word of the lord in this church (laughs) all these cute girls stay away from boys Lord's supposed to uh, want you to know there's musical notes all over you. So you have a musical gift, skill, talent, and ability uh, that God wants to grow and increase. And it's going to be a real gift to the body of Christ. So get ready to have a really good music ministry of some kind. It might be instrumentals, might be vocal, might be both there. But get ready, those, ins- those notes that I see uh, dancing off of your body. Uh, I see a musical gift, skill, talent, ability that's going to bless the body of Christ. Isn't that awesome? And uh, the other thing I said, what grade are you in? I'm in 10th. Are you in 10th now? Mm-hmm. So you'll be in 10th until like next spring, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Lord's going to anoint your intellect and you're going to have an increase in your grades. Everyone's going to see it. Wow, that's what he said. And it's going to be a sign to you that God is ordering your steps and he has a plan and a purpose for you. So don't fear. You've been praying, Lord, what do I do with my life? Where do I go? I want to know the will of God. Well, I'm telling you, 
uh, musical notes, uh, your, your grades are going to increase, and that's going to be a sign to you that you're on the right track. So I'm just going to tell you what I see. I see a medical anointing all over you, you know, something in the medical field. You get what I'm saying? You know, a doctor, a nurse, something like that. But I see a medical uh, field future for you. Now, don't do it because I said it. Do it because the Lord confirms it. But I see those areas in your life coming to the forefront. Uh, also, I see books all around you. Uh, God says there's a number of books that are going to be critical for you to read, even Christian-based books. So ask the Lord, whatever books you want me to read, I want to read them, and then get ready to really learn a lot about your Christian walk by reading these books that God is going to bring into your life. Isn't that awesome? And stay away from boys. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, everybody doing good? Stand up, man of God, real quick. What's your first name? Josh, evangelism, 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 Josh. Uh, you're like Jonah. God said to Jonah, listen, you're going to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no, I'm not. God said, yes, you are. And Jonah said, no, I'm not. And God said, yes, you are. And so I'm supposed to say to you, you can serve God one of two ways. You can serve God under the water, or you can serve God on top of the water, if you get my drift. God had his way with Jonah. God's going to have his way with you. He didn't have to go to Nineveh under the water. Jonah could have gone to Nineveh on the water. And so God is dealing with you regarding self-will. God is dealing with you regarding what you want to do versus what he wants to do. But if you'll get along with God and say, he's right, he's right, I see that you're gifted in the area of personal evangelism. God is going to use you in evangelism. Doesn't mean you quit your job and buy a tent and go on the sawdust trail and evangelize. But it does mean that your primary calling is evangelism. So you need to make a few adjustments in your life, get back on that track, um, and then find out how to prepare for that. But I see you being a strong evangelistic tool in the hands of God, Josh. You may be seated. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Is this Josh's dad? Stand up, Josh's dad, if you would, please. What's your first name? Scott. Hey, Scott. Scott, when I looked at you, I saw you going to sleep, and I saw the Lord taking you into a deep, deep level of sleep. Um, and I saw dreams coming to you, spiritual dreams from the Lord. And so when you begin to have these very, very dramatic kind of dreams, that's what I'm talking about. Then ask the Lord, what do they mean? And how do they apply to my life? And so the Bible says in the last days, what's going to happen? We're going to dream dreams. We're going to have visions. Come on. That's nothing new. Uh, but get ready for a series of prophetic dreams that are going to come to you. Is this your wife? Stand up, wife, if you would, please. What's your first name? Angela. Hey, Angela. Angela. Hey, Angela. You've had uh, a desire in your heart since you were a little girl. It has to do with a dream house. And you've said, Lord, I've wanted it ever since I was a little girl. And we've talked about it and we're, we're in favor of it. But a miracle is going to have to happen if I'm ever going to get my dream house. For the Lord says, there, I just put into motion, says the Lord, the Lord, you know, the earth is his, the Lord's there. The Lord says there, tell her, I just put in motion a series of events and circumstances that will allow you guys to one day enjoy that dream house. Isn't that awesome? And it's going to sit 
on a significant piece of land with water. There's going to be water on one of its borders and a nice chunk of woods right by the water. So get ready for acres, acreage. Uh, get ready for the dream house, uh, the details of which I don't have, but your dreams were put in you by God many, many years ago. Don't look at current circumstances. Look to him. And the Lord told me to tell both you guys, he'll make a way, he'll make a way where there is no way, says the Lord. Slap me five. Amen. Real quick, my dear, real quick. And are you related to this family? No. Okay. <laughs> and what's your first name? Grace. Grace, how old are you? 21. Stay away from boys. Amen. <laughs> It's the word of the Lord. Um, Lord, no, there's no way I can see this by looking at you. Uh, but there has been a depression that has come from your grandmother to mother to you. They didn't do anything wrong. It's just where it comes from. And that depression uh, has paralyzed you at times and emotionally. And uh, today I'm going to break that off of you. And you're never going to have to medicate it, never going to have to get counseling, never going to have to let it affect your health. In fact, there, it's affected your physical health, so I just snapped it off of your physical body, which is now going to rebound and be the healthiest it's ever been. But in the name of Jesus, I snapped the neck of that spirit. It was a spirit that came from grandmother to mother to you. They didn't do anything wrong. That's just where it comes from. The Lord is breaking there that spirit of heaviness off of you, and you will never be the same. There, says the Lord. Amen. Man of God, real, real quick, would you please stand up right here, if you don't mind? Man got his hat. I like that hat, man. All right. And what's it say on the front? Adidas, or as they would say there, Adidas. And so your first name? Larry. Hey, Larry. Larry, are you currently gainfully employed? I'm not. Okay. Would you like to be? Um, I mean, we'll tell you, you retired? I'm not. Okay, but you're not currently gainfully employed. Right. All right, and I'm not prying. I'm not, I don't do that, but I, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you what I saw. Okay. okay, I saw a dollar sign over your head turning into another dollar sign and then another dollar sign. So I see a supernatural doubling and then tripling of the financial aspect of your life. Are you the better half? Stand up here, better half. <laughs> um, so I don't want to uh, talk about your private life so I'm just going to stick with what I see you are currently not employed but would it be okay if God did something supernatural to provide a doubling and a tripling of the income <laughs> who would say no to that <laughs> but what threw me off a little bit was your your first answer when I said do you want to be but I want to make sure we're on the right track if God tripled what you have been making you'd be okay with that You'd be okay with that? Yeah, yeah. She's saying, of course we'd be okay with that. So, yeah. Lord Jesus, I don't know why I saw what I saw, and I don't know the circumstances of my brother and sister's lives, but I ask you not to double, but to triple. I ask you to triple. I ask you for a financial series of miracles, God, that will pay all the bills, let them have more than they need, and an ability to give to others. I bless this couple. I bless these one, two, three, four, five little girls sitting there. Double, triple, double, seven. That's what I said. Seven girls. In the name of Jesus, bless this family. Amen. And one at home. Double and then triple his yearly income in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. So you have seven little ones? You have ten children. Holy moly, holy moly. Man, 
that's a lot of kids. And you have a brand new baby. That baby's uh, a month old. Wednesday, be a month. That's known as a lot of responsibility. <laughs> that's what that's known. Is your first? Cutie pie. Wow, I'm, uh, it's pink, so it's a girl. What's her name? Hadley. Hadley? Hi, Hadley. What a cutie pie. Uh, and what's your name? Constance? Carson. Carson. Sorry, Carson. Hey, Carson. When I looked at you, I saw a keyboard in front of you, an electronic <coughs> keyboard. So talk to your mommy and daddy or grandma, whoever, and... Uh, They'll talk to you a little bit about buying one of those little electronic keyboards because that's a real gift in you. I see you playing that keyboard uh, musically and giving glory to God. Amen and amen. All right. Young man, can I pray for you real, real quick? Sure. It'll be real, real good. Come on down. The price is right. God bless you. <laughs> and uh, what's your first name? Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris. Hey. Uh, the Lord has brought you here to transform you. The first thing he's going to do is break the past off of you. It continues to linger. It continues to dictate to you. And you're terrified that you're going to fall back into what God brought you out of. And so today, right now, as I speak these words, the Lord, you know, yeah. Jesus Christ, is severing your past from you. No more cravings, no more temptation, no more desire to run with the wrong crowd. A total and complete transformation in your mind and heart. You're going to put the past behind you. You're going to stand up. You're going to walk with God. You also have, now listen to me, you have a, a reading uh, disorder or a, a weakness when it comes to reading. You read stuff, but it doesn't register in your brain properly. And so from now on, when you read, you're going to read even better. You're going to remember everything that you read. And so get ready for that to be added to your life. You're going to begin to read and retain what you read like never before. Also, um, from a very uh, early age, when you were a very uh, small boy, there was some physical abuse that was launched against you. And so the Lord said, I'm going to heal you from the inside out of all of that physical abuse uh, that was perpetrated upon you there. And the Lord told me to tell you, you've heard Christians talk about the love of God, but you've never felt it. Well, get ready. Get ready. So there, I gave you a brand new dose there of the love of God. You're going to feel on the inside the love of God. And it's going to be like uh, unlike anything you've ever felt before. Uh, now, uh, uh, how long have you been a believer? Almost my whole life. Cool. That's probably not the greatest answer because most times when people say pretty much my whole life, they don't get what I'm talking about. I want you to get with the leadership of this church. I want you, just for my sake, I want you to pray the classic sinner's prayer. Do it right. Do it formally. We'll be able to say on the calendar, this is when I did it. This is the prayer I prayed. I'm in now. I am in now. Because I don't want there to be any doubt. You know, I don't want you to think, well, maybe I did it when I was 10. Maybe I did it when I was 20. I just feel as your friend, that I want you to take care of this now. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, let me ask you this. Um, um, do, you, do you still smoke cigarettes now and then? Um, I quit this past week, but I smoked two yesterday. Yeah, cool. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. yeah. And uh, listen to this. I actually have a gifting 
that I can break that off of people and free them from it. It's free, free of charge. Who would say no to anything like that? So I'm going to lay my right hand on your chest. And when I do, that craving, you know, that craving is going to come off of you and out of you. And it's going to be God's uh, chance for you to break free and clear and not go back to that if you'd like that. I figured you would. So (laughs) in the name of Jesus, I break that off of my brother. All the cravings, all the desires, I break the hold that nicotine has had on his life. For many years, I bless him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, listen, before I sit you down, I want you to know I like you. We like you. We love you. You need to be liked and you need to be loved. That never was a part of your childhood. So we like you and we love you. And your heavenly father is incredibly proud of you. You never heard that either growing up. Your heavenly father, he's your father. He's my father. He's incredibly proud of you incredibly proud of you i like you i love you and he's incredibly proud of you your best days are before you are you hearing me get ready get ready says god your best days are before you god bless you god bless you amen 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 breakthrough 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 awesome awesome real quick What's your first name? Christy. Hey, Christy. Uh, women's ministry, women's ministry, women's ministry, women's ministry, women's ministry, women's <laughs> ministry, women's ministry, women's ministry. Women, 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 women. Ministries, 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 ministries. Don't wait, do it now. Don't wait, do it now. Don't wait, do it now. Women, 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 women. Ministries, 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 ministries. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. You may be seated. Amen. Can I pray for you, sweetheart? Real quick, can I pray for you? You got to remember now, I don't know anything about you. You understand it? I yeah. know nothing yeah. about you. So come out here, my dear, real quick, if you don't mind. Who would you give your mobile device to? Um, that's my son. Okay, he has it? Yeah. Okay, don't you want to hold it so you can record well, it? It's not working, so I'm having Michelle record it for me. Oh, okay. Plus, we're recording it back there, right? <laughs> we, got, we got 37 men back there making sure it's being recorded. <laughs> so what's your first name? Kristen. Hey, Kristen. What's your first name? Christy. Christy, really. Kristen. I'd like you to meet Christy. (laughs) Christy, I'd like you to meet Kristen. Remember that prophecy over her that I just gave her? That's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, same to you. (laughs) You may be seated. There's no sense repeating it. Write it down. Same to you. Women, 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 women. Ministries, 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 ministry. Work together, work together. I don't even know what church you go to. Work together, work together. Here's what's going to happen. God's going to begin to send in a whole new uh, group of women that are going to be hungry for the things of God. With all due respect to the men, don't misunderstand me, I just see women. And I see God bringing in a whole new group of women that want to go for it. And so you're going to need other people to teach and train and mentor and be in charge. So God says, get ready, get ready, get ready. There's a call of God upon both of you to begin to minister to the people that God's going to bring here. You understand what I'm saying? Do you go to church here? That's a good thing. Do you go to church here? That's a good thing, too. Okay. Okay. Real, real good. Okay. Oh, there we are. Please stand up real quick. What's your first name? Carly. Carly. Harley. Harley. Like a motorcycle? Yes. Cool. <laughs> your parents named you. That's your father? Yes. He named you after a motorcycle. <laughs> That's way cool. <laughs> Did you ever realize that he named you after a motorcycle? Yeah. 
That's way cool. I like that. Harley is a beautiful name for a beautiful girl. The Lord told me to tell you, God has been developing a sensitivity in your spirit for about two years to hear his voice and to speak to others uh, from this place of sensitivity. And so we call that prophecy. And so God says, stir up the gift, stir up the gift, stir up the gift. You're going to begin to prophesy. You're going to begin to have prophetic words for people. Do you understand prophecy? Have you seen it operate? It's what I'm doing today. But you will begin to prophesy to others. God's had you in training for the last couple years. He's made you very sensitive to things. Sometimes you haven't liked it, like, what's wrong with me? Nothing. You're just hearing from God for other people. So now stir that gift up and get ready to prophesy to other people, says the Lord. You may be seated. You may be seated. Are you guys husband and wife? Why don't you stand right up if you would, please? Uh, yeah, bring that mobile device with you. And your first name? Caleb. Caleb? Yep. Uh, hey, Caleb. Ann? Cinder. Cinder? Yeah. Your name is Cinder. Yep. Cool. And how long have you loved birds been married? About three weeks now. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nothing to it, is there? Huh? <laughs> Nothing to it. Uh, okay, listen very carefully. God is going to accelerate a training process in your lives to use you to minister to young married couples. I don't know why he's doing it. You've only been married three weeks. But even before you got married, you sat down at a table and you two had a conversation about the ministry that you wanted and you wondered uh, if it was going to be a long time till it happened. No. The Lord says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Sooner rather than later, uh, there's a ministry called upon both of you and I'm going to use you with other young married couples. Do you go to church here? Good. So get ready. There's coming again, pastors, not only a lot of single uh, women or women without husbands. There's also coming another wave of young married couples. There's a bunch here already, but there's a bunch more like this coming. And so I want you to incorporate them in a ministry that begins to cater to the young married couples that I'm going to bring into the house. So it doesn't mean that you won't have time for one another and grow and develop your relationship. But there's a ministry call upon both of you. And for God to say this after you guys have only been married three weeks is a big deal. So it won't get in the way of your marriage, but it's going to start way sooner than you thought. I'm also supposed to speak to both of you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are nine of them, and they're all cool. And so I'm going to give both of you a number of them right now just by laying hands on you, if that'd be okay. And so I impart into you, uh, Caleb, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, and the word of knowledge. And I impart into you, Cinder, mm -hmm. Cinder. I impart into you, Cinder, the gift of prophecy on occasion, tongues and interpretation and the discerning of spirits. Also, both of you will now have a healing ministry there. You both will find yourself laying your hands on the sick and you will see them recover right before your very eyes there, says the Lord. Amen. Young man, can I pray for you real quick? What's your first name? Hannon. Hannon. Hey, Hannon. How old are you? Twelve. Cool. Stay away from girls. <laughs> Hannon, uh, number one, God has given you a gift of intelligence. He's just added 50 points to your IQ. 
there. So whatever it was, he's just increased it by 50 points. You're going to be known as a brain, as a kid that's got a brain right here, a computer that works overtime between your ears. You're going to excel academically. They're going to hand you a scholarship when you get to that stage where you go to school. And I see you becoming a professional in, in some uh, way, uh, a professional type of person. We use that word to describe doctors and lawyers and executives, but I just see a, a call of God upon you to mix and mingle with very, very successful people. You also have a, a technical aptitude. It may even be in the area of electronics, and so God's going to use you there in that area as well. And then down the road, you're going to be involved in a company that issues patents in certain areas of uh, technology. And I saw your name as one of the uh, team members uh, that's going to be responsible for a patent that your name is on. Do you understand what I just said? God bless you. Amen. Do you own a PC? Do you have a personal computer at home? Mm -mm. Okay. Is this mom or dad? Where's mom or dad? Okay. <laughs> and so how old are you? Twelve. Okay. So if you guys can... Uh, find a way to get him in front of the computer, get him some teaching or training through the school. Uh, nowadays, schools have that training, uh, but we got to get him on the right track. And so with that 50-point increase in his IQ, he's going to begin to have a real desire to excel in computer science. And then eventually, he'll be even be part of a team that will do some inventive, creative things and even patent some things. Isn't that awesome? You may be seated. You may be seated. Good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. Everybody doing good? Okay, almost done, almost done. I'd be here all day, but you'll get mad at me. Okay, just... Yeah, no, right, I know no one does. Good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. Can I pray for you, young man? That'd be okay? Get out here. I like you. Yeah, just to be aware, many school districts already have computer programs in place that you paid for through your taxes, mm -hmm. but we got to get him in front of one. We got to get him involved. Now you can't make the kid do it. I don't want to. I don't want to put it on him. You know, I'm not trying to make him unhappy. You know what I mean? I'm just a seer, and that's what I see. You know, he might rebel. He might say, "I don't want to do it," and I'm not telling you to make him do it. But it's just what I saw, and I believe that God wants to bless him uh, in that area. Amen. What is your name, sweetie pie? Wow. How old are you? Um, eight. eight. Cool. How old do you think I am? Take a guess. No, no. Just look at me. You're, you're eight years old. How old do you think I am? Take a guess. Just take a guess. What? 60? Yes, I'm 60. I'm more than that, but I'm 60. Slap me five. You just dropped seven years off. I appreciate that. I look 60. Uh, and your first name? Rob. Hey, Rob. Rob, uh, good guy, loves God. This your better half? Yes. Hi, better half. Um, but there's been uh, some demonic stuff uh, that's been after you for years. Uh, it's come against your family for generations. When you were born, it came after you. It tried to kill you. Uh, there's these demons and devils. Uh, you're shaking your head, so I hope I'm not blowing your mind. But these demons and devils uh, have come after you with an anger and a fury. And um, you've even heard them at times, and you thought, man, this is crazy. But it's not crazy. You were marked. There was something that happened in your family around the 19, around the 19, the teens, 1917, 1918, 1919. Something happened in your family line. Something happened. 
and some demonic stuff got into the family. That's what I'm seeing. And through no fault of your own, you were born into it. And when you were born, the day you were birthed, uh, those uh, evil spirits uh, claimed a legal right to you. Just telling you what I see. They didn't do anything wrong. I'm not blaming parents or you. I'm just telling you what I see. And so the Lord told me that's going to end today. All that demonic stuff is going to cease and desist from this point on because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So in the name of Jesus, I snap the neck there. I render powerless every demon and devil that's had its way with you. And I declare you are being free, free, free from all this demonic hassle. You didn't do anything wrong. Your family didn't do anything wrong. But it was all over you. Demonic stuff was all over you. You have to overcome stuff on a daily basis that we don't even have to worry about. But all of that has come off of you. I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. And I declare you are free, free, free now to serve God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, slap me five. Amen. Now, I want to ask you a question. Um, did any of what I just say uh, make sense to you? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I just wanted you to say that because when people uh, see this and they go, Man, I don't know, what's he talking about? I know what I'm talking about and I know what I saw. But in dramatic cases like this, I just like the recipient sometime to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because I could have told him a lot more about what has happened in your life spiritually, uh, the attack you've been under. Uh, but it's gonna, it, it ended. You're free. You're free. Isn't that awesome? You're free. Slap me five. You're free. Amen. Good, 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 good. 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 Real, real quick. Stand up if you want, please. You realize you have holes in your pants? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> I told her that earlier. Yeah, you know what's really scary? They buy them that way now. Yeah, they buy them. See, we were so cool. By the way, you're just following what I already did in the 60s. In the 60s, we would buy them and then bleach them and then cut them and then wear them, you know, for $6 a pair. Now you're paying $30, 40 50 $60 a pair. And all they do is slice them before you pay that exorbitant amount, right? Okay, yeah. good, 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 good. And what's your first name? Uh, Kelsey. Kelsey. And how old are you? Uh, 17. Stay away from boys. And what grade are you in? Uh, 12. Okay. Oh, you graduate in the spring? Uh, yeah. Okay. So do you have plans for college? Uh, okay. What? Uh, yeah. I just want to go to Christian college. Okay. Well, the answer would be yes. You went yeah. like this. Yes. No, that's a <laughs> very confusing. Uh, so, yeah, I want you to pursue your education, okay? It's going to be very important uh, for the will of God. In fact, there you will find the direction that you've been asking the Lord to give you. I see nations opening up, missions, 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 missions. It's going to be a part of your future. And I see this little pretty blonde, white, English-speaking, Caucasian-American girl uh, in some settings with some beautiful black-skinned people that don't even speak English. And I see orphanages where they come up and they're pulling on you like that, trying to get your attention. So I see that I in your future. You can do a lot of other things, but I don't see that. I'm just telling you the part that I see. Also, you have been under an attack. No one else in the church knows this, but spiritually, you have been under an oppression uh, that has resulted in a depression, which is not you at all. But in the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, I lift off of you 
that heaviness, that depression, that oppression of the enemy. I won't, I won't stand for it. I won't accept it. I release you from that heaviness. I release you from that oppression and that depression that has a hold of your spirit. And I declare that you are his. You are his. You are his. And listen, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper again. So stand up, get an attitude, stand up for who you are, and do the will of God, says the Lord. Amen, and stay away from boys. Good, 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 good. Amen. You guys, husband and wife, uh, what church do you attend? Good. I'm supposed to tell you that a new assignment is coming your way in the church. Get ready to pass on to others what you've been doing and get ready to be assigned to new responsibilities in the church. So a new assignment, a new assignment, you might not feel comfortable you might not feel capable i don't care says the lord but get ready for a new assignment in the church that you will thrive at because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke um i don't know you or what you do but you're going to begin to thrive in the workplace god says the work of your hands is going to become prosperous and you're going to find your bank account uh, increasing uh, dramatically. Uh, and with all due respect, the home you're in now is nice, but it's only a temporary dwelling. God said, I'm going to make a way where there is no way, and I see a bigger, more luxurious home with more square footage in the making. And so God says, I'll take care of that in due time, says the Lord. You may be... You may join me, young man, out here. They're already seated. You may join me right here, young man, if you would, please. Everybody doing good? Uh, what's your first name? Mike. Hey, Mike. Mike, uh, I don't, what church you go to? Here. Good, good. Now, you're going to have to do it the way everyone else does it, but I want him to be included in ministering up front during altar calls and during altar ministry, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, interview him. See if he wants to do it, interview him, then find out what team to put him in. But I want him to be involved in uh, ministry up front. Do you do anything like that yet? No. Okay, how long have you been going to this church? Uh, six weeks. Six weeks, okay. <laughs> so that's why we're going to do it by the numbers, get him some training, get him an interview, make sure that I'm on track. But I see you becoming part of a ministry team that ministers now it might be in the healing team the delivering deliverance team the prophetic team i don't know it just might be as an altar worker but we need to get him up there so interview him and put him where he will uh, grow spiritually says the lord so let me five also i want to tell you something uh about a year ago uh the lord began uh to uh reveal to you um a purpose in your life Nobody else ever gave you one. Uh, you struggled with it. But about a year ago, God began to speak to you and say, this, this, this is my will for your life. And you've been pursuing it. You're like a crazy man on the inside. You've been, you've been doing anything and everything you can do to pursue God. You've put him first. He's on the throne of your life. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. But no one here knows the price you paid to come today and to be here with us. You've experienced lots of rejection, lots of misunderstanding. People think you've lost your mind. And this is going to family and friends who have rejected you. 
But I'm supposed to say, behold your family, behold your brothers and sisters. And so for some reason when I'm near you, I just feel this loneliness is coming off of you, kind of like coming off of you. But the Lord told me to tell you, it's difficult, it's painful, but God is going to address the loneliness and you will not be living a lonely life much longer, says the Lord. Slap me five. Amen. Good, good, good. Amen. Everybody doing good? Everybody doing good? Good. No more smoking. I break that off of you. I break that nicotine thing off of you. I break it off of you. I break it off of you. Amen. Your first name? Carmen. Carmen. Stand up, sweetheart, real quick, if you would, please. And is this your hubby? Yes. Hey, hubby, and three boys? Right. Wow. This one's yes, not I have three boys. Oh, they're all around. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready. Okay, gift of discerning of spirits, gift of discerning of spirits, gift of discerning of spirits. The church that you attend is going to need men and women to operate on a high level of the gift of discerning of spirits. 1 Corinthians 12. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get with your leaders. They'll get you some material. Learn exactly what that gift is and what it is not because there, now you have it. You're welcome. You may be seated. You guys, husband and wife, would you stand up real quick, please? What's your first name? Chris. Hey, Chris, come on here, Chris. And your first name? Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Mm -hmm. Jenny, Jenny. Uh, listen to this. Uh, change, 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 change. Lots of change is coming. Good changes. Changes you asked God to do years ago, but never really materialized. You're on the right path. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Change, 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 change. A shift, a shift, a shift. I just saw you two in a car, and I saw you shift and put the car into a higher uh, gear, higher range. And so get ready to move ahead in the will of God. You two are going to be vital. You're going to be a part of what God is doing on the earth. The church is going to welcome you, receive you, and use you. Sometimes you'll say, man, we long for the quiet years when there wasn't such a demand upon our lives and ministry. But the Lord said, I'm going to use everything you two have been through, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, your education, your exposure to all kinds of philosophies and knowledge. When I'm standing around you, all kinds of knowledge and information and facts, God's going to use all of that in the church. So get ready. I don't know you. don't know where you go to church, but get ready to be a part of the team uh, in a church that ministers to those who come in. So get ready to be part of a welcoming team of couples that welcomes others into the house of God. You understand what I'm saying? Also, business, 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 business. You've been sitting on a business idea for years. It's the craziest thing you've ever thought of. And you said nobody else has ever thought of that. But I'm not a risk taker, and I can't afford to miss it, God. I can't afford to lose any money. God says in the next 6 to 12 months, I'm going to give you three clear indications that you are to move ahead with this business plan that God has put in you, and it's going to reap a great financial reward, says the Lord. Do you have any siblings? I have one, yes. Are they here? She No, she attends here, but she's in Florida. Okay, she <laughs> attends here. Okay, good. She's, she's a girl, she's a she, and she attends here, mm -hmm. but she's not here. Yeah. Okay, what's her first name? Shelly. Okay, give Shelly the word of the Lord. Okay. Tell Shelly that she's pregnant with prophecy. <laughs> tell her to stir up the gift and tell her to get ready to speak the word of the Lord in season okay. to the people that God brings her way. Okay. 
she's like a mother hen sitting on the egg mm -hmm. and she's been sitting way too long <laughs> and tell her to stir up the gift and begin to prophesy so tell her that all right you may be seated god bless you amen real real quick have i prayed for you yet have i prayed for you come here real, real quick and what's your first name monique hey monique uh monique there's an authority on you uh, that God has given you. It's on you. You don't have to rev it up. You don't have to make it happen. It's not manufactured. It's not artificial. You have a genuine spiritual authority on you, which is always the result of serving. You get authority from serving. So in some way, you've done something in serving God to get a measure of authority. You know what you're doing. That's what that means. You know what you're doing. And that authority is going to set captives free. In the church that you attend, I see prisoners coming in spiritually, and I see them in their prison cells spiritually behind bars, and they're going to come in, and they're going to want to be set free. And so God is going to use you in some way to set some of these prisoners free. You have an authority. You're going to walk up to their prison cells, and you're going to take the key. You're the key, and you're going to open that door, and you're going to set prisoners free. I want you to look up the Isaiah 61 anointing. The Isaiah 61, it's the first four, five, six verses, but that's on you, all right? So the reason you have authority is to set captives free, all right? So get ready, get ready, get ready, slap me five. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. Good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. Okay, remember, I'm just prophesying over the people that I see stuff on, and I see something on you, and I like you. Stand up there, man of God. Stand up. I love his enthusiasm. You should have heard the groan. He went, oh, nothing like it. What? <laughs> He's a good man. What's your first name? Chad. Chad? Hey, Chad. Uh, Chad, I just saw people come to the front of the church, and I saw you reluctantly walking up, almost like you're not really part of the team. But the point is God uh, is going to begin to give you very accurate discernment of people and their spiritual problems and how to overcome them. So you weren't drafted like the starters were. You were a walk-on. You were a walk-on, but you, you, you got in there and you made the team. And so they might be drafted. They may be the ones that were drafted to do it, but you're like a walk-on. You walked on and you made the team. So you have something to offer. You're going to lay your right, hands on right hand on people. Things are going to happen. You're going to be very, very discerning about the demonic influences that are troubling people. And you are going to have great authority over those things. I'm also supposed to tell you, uh, that from a very young age, there was an inordinate amount of responsibility that had been heaped upon your shoulders. It just wasn't normal. It just wasn't natural. It's almost like you had to grow up too quickly. But the Lord says, I'm just breaking all of that unnecessary weight upon you. And the Lord says, get ready to enjoy this season of your life where the joy of the Lord uh, is going to be your strength. You also have an incredibly... Uh, analytical brain that never shuts off. You analyze everything to death. You analyze the analysis of things. Then you analyze it again. But no, that's not a fault. It's just who you are. But I'm supposed to tell you 
that the Holy Spirit is likened unto a river in the Scriptures. And you've got to get in the flow. So I want you to take a step or two. I want you to get into the flow of the Holy Spirit of God, and you're going to enjoy five years of incredibly anointed ministry in the church that you attend, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. I like you. 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 Okay, almost done, almost done, almost done, almost done. The mother with a little, a little baby, uh, is that your daughter there? That's your daughter too? Oh, no. Oh, just the little one. Okay. What's your name again? Zoe. Zoe, uh, Zoe I'm, I, I don't even know what this means, but I'm supposed to tell you to be encouraged. You're dealing with some circumstances that have brought great discouragement to your heart and to your mind. To me, you're a, just a young, pretty little gal with a little baby, but there's dis, you're discouraged. It's all over you. And so the Lord told me to tell you, be encouraged so you can receive that encouragement from the Lord because you're kind of in a dip. You're kind of in that valley, you know. And I don't think it's post, what's it called? Postpartum? Yeah, I don't think it's, I'm being honest, I don't think it's that. I think it happened before the little baby was born. But be encouraged. That's all that I saw. So the Lord's going to replace discouragement with encouragement. Amen. The Bible says that the prophets said much to encourage the church. That's what they did. That's what I do. I'm trying to encourage you in a couple areas where you feel uh, discouraged. Isn't that awesome? Okay, almost ready. Uh, almost ready, almost ready, almost ready, almost ready, uh, almost ready. Uh, you guys, husband and wife, real quick, stand up if you would, please. I feel like I'm keeping you guys here. Am I keeping you here against your will? Okay, all right. Don't yell at me. I just asked you for a... Your first name? Ben. Hey, Ben and? Emma. Emma, get ready, Emma. Ben and Emma. My granddaughter's an Emma. What's your middle name? Sierra. Sierra, cool. Okay, listen very carefully. You guys have been bullied. The enemy, the enemy, not man, but the enemy. Spirits, demons, devils, they're bullying you too. They're pushing you around. They're having their way with you. They're tormenting you. They're hindering you from living the life that God wants you to live. Don't take it any longer. I'm supposed to tell you two to rise up, pray together as a husband and wife, begin to identify the pockets of resistance that you two feel in your lives. Crazy things, but we feel resisted. We just feel resisted in this area. We feel resisted in that area. And make a list of the areas that you feel resisted in. And then pray that prayer of agreement, husband and wife prayer, pray, and then begin to take authority over the demonic activity that's in your life. You've been pushed around. You've been bullied. Don't be bullied any longer. Greater is he that is in Emma than he that is in the world. What's your name? Ben. ben. Greater is he that is in you, Ben, than he that is in the world. That's what I want you two to do. Also, how long have you been married? Almost seven years. Seven years? Cool. Uh, we're a little one. Any little ones? Two. Two? Good. How old are they? Five and two. Cool. Good, 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 good. Good. Okay, I'll mind my own business. Moving along quickly from that subject. Uh, the last thing I want to say to you is, do you attend this church? Yeah. Okay, there's a new responsibility God has for you too. 
It's going to be wonderfully inconvenient, but it's the, it's the will of God. <laughs> so you're supposed to jump in and do it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Youth, 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 youth. No crying. Okay. Youth, 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 youth. You two set them on the right path. I'll take care of them down the road, says the Lord. Amen. Okay. And I saw, yeah, there, dip it up if you would, please. What's your first name? Isaac. Hey, Isaac, you're my kind of guy. Is that your big sister? All right. And uh, uh, is that your little sister? Okay. And how old are you? Ten. Ten. And um, here's what I saw. This is really early on in the meeting. I saw you composing. I saw a musical writer. I saw you sitting down and composing some of the most beautiful songs ever written. I just saw you as a composer, one that writes the lyrics and the music and composes awesome songs. So God will have to do something for this to happen, and he's about to, there. So I just anointed you to be God's composer and to write some of the most beautiful songs the church has ever known, says the Lord. Slap me five. Amen. It's so neat. I saw Isaac, and he was doing this. He had his hand like this, no, like this, and he had a pen in his hand, and he was getting these words and putting these notes down, and he was composing and so you're going to be a composer of some awesome music for the house of God. Amen and uh, amen. Uh, real quick, sweetheart, you have your hair pulled out to the side like in a little... Would you please stand up real quick? What's your first name? Skylar. There's musical notes all over you. So begin to develop <laughs> musical gifts, skills, talents, and abilities because you'll be able to bless the body of Christ with those musical gifts, says the Lord. Amen. Real, real quick, what's your first name? Candace. Stand up, please. Is it Candace? Mm -hmm. Hey, Candace. Candace, when I looked at you, I saw the word conflict over your life. You don't mean to, but you're dealing with a bunch of conflict. Your life is in upheaval. There's a storm raging. How am I doing? And so the Lord said, I want to bring peace and calm there. I want to bring peace and calm to the conflict in Candace's life. So the Lord told me to breathe upon you. There. The Lord's going to calm the storm in Candace's life. And now, uh, what grade are you in? I'm a junior in college. Okay. And you, so you got junior year and one more year to go after that. Okay. Um, uh, sit down with the Lord and have a meeting. He has an assignment for you. And it's very specific. And some people will say, but that's not in your field of education or training, but you're to give yourself to it. It's going to be a temporary assignment, but it's going to have a lot to do with ministering to a group of people that God has assigned you to. So just pray, just open your mind and heart and see what God says, and then do what God says. Isn't that awesome? Slap me five. Amen. Uh, uh, are you the uh, crazy white boy that was playing that guitar? <laughs> that was pretty good. Stand up. I want to say to you, play that funky music, white boy. Now, really, you were playing a couple licks in that guitar. It was really good, and I really liked it, and I wanted to turn you loose. Uh, but you did a great job anyway. 
And so what's your first name? Eric. Hey, Eric. Uh, Eric, um, the Bible says uh, uh, one shall put a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. That tells us something that there's uh, power in numbers. And so I want you to gather, maybe these guys, I want you to gather, and I want them to pray for you. I want them to bless you. I want them to take authority over tormenting spirits. I want you to experience a breakout and a breakthrough. And I want you to let some of your close uh, friends lay hands on you and pray for you and bless you. Uh, there's some torment going on. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just that the enemy is lying to you. And I see him feeding you a bunch of lies and they get into your brain and they get mixed up with all the truths of God's word that are in you. And so just get some prayer. Have them lay hands on you. Have them bless you. Uh, but God is going to begin to make you even more single-minded. You tend to be double-minded. You think one way one day and another way another day. And that's not good. God wants us to be single-minded. And so all of this confusion is going to come off of you. I want you to maybe have these guys pray for you and bless you. Uh, but get ready to have your thinking changed. How old are you? I'm 21. 21, cool. And uh, is she your girlfriend? Mm -hmm. Cool. How long has she been your girlfriend? Wait a minute. How long have you been his girlfriend? Um, a year? Seven months. Cool. Good. Okay. And how old are you? 21. 21. How old are you? 21. 21. Cool. And so you're 21, 21. You've been dating seven months. And uh, you play a guitar. And she's a junior in college. And you're going to have them pray for you. And uh, did you understand a little bit about what I meant about some of the confusion that's going on in your mind? What's that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. Sometimes when you have this problem, you don't realize you have it. Get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So maybe these guys can pray for you and just begin to sort through some of the battles that are taking place in your mind. Isn't that good? And you really play a, a good guitar, <laughs> you know, for a white guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> for a white guy. God bless you. You may be seated. Okay, okay, almost done, almost done. Uh, if, if one or both of you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, take care of that. Get with the leadership. Sit down. They'll talk to you both about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and actually praying in languages that you never learned. Boy, you look like sisters in the eyes. Holy moly. So yeah, so do that. Okay, If you already do, that's fine. But if you don't, get with them and let them talk to you about uh, the baptism in uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And how old are you, sweetheart? 14. 14. Okay, would you stand up real quick? And uh, what's your first name? Isabel. Is Elizabeth? Isabel. Isabel. Hi, Isabel. Um, I'm just going to tell you what I see. Children's ministry, children's ministry, children's ministry, children's ministry. I see you beginning to minister to children smaller than you, younger than you, almost immediately. And this is going to begin, uh, this is going to be the beginning of God's training in your life for greater ministry responsibilities down the road. So I see little ones coming up to you and kind of looking to you, you know, as a, as a mom kind of figure. And so I see children's ministry for you, and I see that as the beginning of a greater ministry in your life. Isn't that awesome? Slap me five. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Boy, those kids cute. Man. And man, am I glad they're theirs. <laughs> man, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. They've got their quiver full. Okay, almost done. Let's stand. Come on, let's stand. Thank you for your patience. I thank you for your time this morning, uh, allowing me to uh, minister a little bit about 
your money and your prophecies. I believe it was imperative that I delivered that word that will make a big difference in your life. Remember, the word of the Lord can sometimes be the vehicle of testing in your life. Nevertheless, prophecy is real. It will come to pass in its right time. So write the prophecies down. Put my name on it. Put the date on it. And then war with them. Sometimes the best advice I can give you regarding prophecy is to wait for confirming circumstances. After you've judged it, after you've gotten um, uh, the multitude of counselors to look at it, after you've got an inner witness to it, then sometimes you just need to wait for confirming circumstances. They will come. I believe this church's best days are before it. I believe God is going to begin to send in a whole bunch of hungry women for the things of God. I believe there's a wave of young married couples coming in as well. I believe this church pleases God in its attention uh, to details, to be a place that allows the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it's always been my privilege, my honor, my joy uh, to be a part of all of you and of this great work. So remember to honor your leaders. Go out of your way just to do something to bless them. Don't ask for anything. Just honor them. And if you have any areas where there's a debt of honor of any kind that you owe anybody, I would encourage you to make that right. Pay that debt of honor. You'll be glad you did.